This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. Because if you can tell me what your habits are, I can tell you what sort of a person you are. I can tell you what your future looks like. But like I always say, life is 10% what happens to you. It's 90% what you do about it. The people who are most effective in the workplace believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past. When people don't believe that their future is going to be bigger than their past, they begin to disengage. You're listening to The Circuit of Success, a podcast dedicated to helping you achieve success in every facet of life, only on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Now, your host, Brett Gilliland. Welcome to The Circuit of Success. I'm your host, Brett Gilliland. And for those people that know me, they know I love Cardinal Baseball, Matt. And I got Matt Adams here with me. Matt, what's going on? Not much. Just uh, another day in the life. Another day in the life yeah. of a Major League Baseball player. I got my baseball set in here. My kids said I got to get this autograph before you leave. For we, sure. We're going to knock that out. We, okay. We I got four happen. boys, man. They're big Cardinal fans. We've been watching some Matt Adams highlights awesome. over the last week or so. So, uh, you know, it's right. funny. I watched, uh, which this was before your time, but game 11, or game 11, game six in the 2011 World Series. Man, that thing never gets old as a Cardinal fan to watch that. It was incredible. No, that I mean, Freeze was kind of like the guy that um, took me under his wing. Yeah. Uh, when I got called up in, in 2012, the following year. And um, I, I go back and watch it. Yeah. Just knowing him as like my teammate, my friend, and like, see, like seeing that happen, like it's awesome. It is. It's insane. It's yeah. insane. Well, you are uh, the... Where's this? What did I say? Pennsylvania. Growing up in Pennsylvania, you were drafted 23rd round in the 2009 Major League uh, Baseball draft. You've been with the Cardinals, the Braves, the Nationals, the Rockies. You won a World Series with the Nationals in 2019, man. How was that? It was awesome. Uh, starting off the year, we were we were not the greatest team. <laughs> uh, I think we were the first 50 some games into the season. We were 19 and 32, and wow. Uh, got some good key like uh, veteran pieces. Uh, we got Para. Uh, and then Anibal Sanchez, it kind of brought the pitchers together as, as like a family. Um, and those two guys in the clubhouse just kind of changed that whole um, dynamic. And we, we came together and we bonded and, and we went out there from that day forward and just, you know, we, we knew that we needed to take care of business. And the end result was um, game seven in, in Houston and, and being able to celebrate with those guys on yeah. the field. It was, it was a great feeling. And that was pretty cool too, man, for you. You've been, you've been around successful careers and to your point of the culture, I think whether you look at it from a baseball uh, team or you look at it from a business setting, culture's everything, isn't it? Absolutely. And yeah. it's like what I tell people, like when they, when they want to talk about it, it's, I mean, we're around our teammates and our coaches more than we're around our own families. Yeah. So it's like, we're gone eight and a half, nine months of the year. If we get lucky enough to, to play postseason baseball, you, you got to treat it like a family dynamic in that clubhouse. Yeah. And you got to, yeah, of course not everybody's going to get along, but you all got to be on the same page fighting for that same goal. And, and that's the one, a world series at the end of the day. What's that like in the clubhouse, man? Are, are people together a lot? I mean, are you sitting there and you kind of got your crew just like you would at work, right? You got your lunch crew or whatever. Is that kind of how it goes down with you guys as well in the, uh, in the locker room? Yeah, I would, I would probably have to say, and, and I think most people would probably agree with me. The, the pitchers kind of stick with the pitchers, the position <laughs> players kind of right. stick with the uh, position players, but 
Um, you know, we're in the downtime uh, that we have in there, whether it's like rain delays yeah. or, you know, we, we come in early, get our work in, and then we have a little bit of downtime before BP and whatnot before the game. We, uh, you know, we'll sit around and play some cards. Uh, just keep it loose. Yeah. You, you got to keep the clubhouse loose. Every team's got a character. Uh, so, you know, you get that guy, whether it's putting music on, letting them dance and, and get the clubhouse laughing or, um, you know, you, the, it just comes down to keeping it loose and, and everybody just having fun to, to go out there when the lights come on and and go to battle. So who was that guy? Who was the guy? Who was the clown in the uh, – a clown in a positive way, right? Who was that guy for the Cardinals? For the Cardinals? Like who, kept that, who kept that locker room going? Um – probably have to say Yachty was a good one okay he like he's super serious and like when when he's in there he's he's getting his work done yeah but when he's got a little bit of downtime he'll go around and joke around yeah and, like him and Wayno are are like two peas in a pod they they just go after each other play pranks on each other um another one uh like my close friends uh in the Cardinals uh it was Seth Manus was like oh kind yeah of, kind of like a a jokester, kind of uh, the guy that kept it, it loose and uh, whatnot. But I got to say, probably the best guy that I've ever been around was Para. Really? With the Nationals, yeah. yeah. He, uh, he he had this scooter that he would ride in on every day. <laughs> uh, whether he went 0 for 4 the night before or 4 for 4, he was cruising in that next day on that scooter. And he had, um, he had his daughter got him a little baby shark. Nice. Uh, stuffed animal. He, he set that on the handlebars of the scooter and he had a horn. As soon as he rode through the doors of the clubhouse, he was always beeping that horn and getting everybody fired up. And That's awesome. It, you knew when he was there, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. For sure. So talk to us about that, that uh, growing up as a kid, man. Obviously, you were a great baseball player in high school and all that stuff, and, and then uh, went to college and then the pros and, and got to the highest level uh, in, in baseball. But like, yeah, at what point do you think when you look back, did you ever have that point where you knew you were different and this was going to be a pretty cool, fun ride? Yeah, I would um – I'd probably have to say once I got to, to college and, uh, you know, growing up in a small area of Pen central Pennsylvania, I mean, where I grew up, we had like about 1,100 people. So it was very, very small. Um, everybody always thought I was crazy for like not wanting to go out with my friends, you know, go on vacation. Like I always, I was always the kid that wanted, I always wanted to go play baseball. And um, everybody asked me, what was your, what was your dream? And I said, I want to be a major league baseball player one day. And I always got laughed at. Yeah, yeah right, I whatever. I always got told, you know, you're never going to make it from, you know, this small area. Just, it's it's not feasible. It's, and I, just, I, I took it, you know, laughed it off and just kept working. And um, through, high, had, a, had a good high school career. Supposed to go to the University of Pittsburgh. That scholarship got pulled because of grades over recruiting, whatnot. I got my grades where they wanted it to be and. Uh, they ended up pulling the scholarship and saying, "Hey, we brought somebody else in for your spot. You're more than welcome to come to university and play. You can you can walk on, but you know the scholarship's not there anymore." So I was like, "I'm I don't want to go. Yeah. I don't want to go somewhere and get buried to where I, you know I'm not going to be able to go out there and play. I wanted to you know even as a freshman, I wanted to step foot day one on that field and, and play and compete. And my high school coach um, knew the coach at Slippery Rock, so he, he made a call and said, "Hey, I got a guy." that uh might want to take a look at went to slippery rock and after my freshman year uh you know i was freshman the conference freshman of the year i hit like f over 400 as a freshman like four i think it was 415 or something 
had a had a good break in the summer, came back for my sophomore year, had a great sophomore season, and then I went away and played in the NACBL, uh, which up in Pittsfield, Massachusetts, and that was when I knew that like Getting real. I could do it because yeah. it was like Slippery Rocks Division Two. This league was all of like the Division One guys that like didn't get invited or like just wasn't wasn't room for them in the Cape. So it was okay. like the step down from the Cape. And uh, I ended up being the MVP of yeah. of that summer league. And then I was like, okay, like, like started getting right. some like letters, like going into my junior year. Hey, we're going to be following you from like different teams. And and then like ended up going to do some pre-draft uh, showcases at some of the, came out here to Bush, did one for the Cardinals, went to the Yankee Stadium, the Mets. And I would, I would say after that sophomore year, uh, in the summer league, that was like whenever I was like, yeah. okay, I might have a sh- have a chance of doing this, yeah. and um, just got to buckle down and, and keep working. And I gotta think, man, that grind that you're on when you're in the minors. How long were you in the minors? Was f- four or five years? Three, three years? I was only there for three years. Okay, I was. I was thankful oh yeah, two thousand nine. That's on right. Fast yeah. Track. yeah, yeah. Because that, that's a grind, man. They're not making a lot of money, and no. but you, yet you got to follow this dream and this passion to go make it. So for you. What was it like during that on days where maybe you didn't want to do it or you didn't want to go train and maybe you had a bad game? Like, how did you get through that? Knowing that, that I'm, I'm not where I wanted to be, knowing that, you know, the end goal was to reach major leagues and, and to be that guy to be able to put a major league uniform on, even if it was just for one day. Yeah. That was my dream. And I knew that um, – and as soon as I got into pro ball, I was like, man, this is different. This is going to be, it's going to be, you know, challenging at times, yeah. but I never let it get me down. I, I had good people around me. Uh, I always had, you know, a close group of friends on, on every team that I ended up along the way with the, the in the minor leagues that we were always fighting for that, that same dream yep. and, and that same goal. And, and that really helped a lot. You know, we, we would come back to our apartments Talk, talk about the game, talk about, you know, what it took to get to the next level. Um, you know, like you mentioned, like that mindset. Yeah. Uh, I surrounded myself with people that, that had that same mindset, that that warrior mentality that I'm not going to let anybody, anything get in my way. I'm going to, I'm going to do this till I can't do it anymore. Did you, did you stay a student of the game? Like even during that run and then even in the, you know, your years in the major league baseball, somebody told me one time it's, it's harder to stay in the majors than it is to get to the majors. So one, would you agree with that? And then number two, how did you stay a student of the game? Yeah, I would, I would absolutely agree with that because I, you know, in the minor leagues, there's, there's not a lot of video now, nowadays there's, there's more video than there was back whenever I was coming up. Um, you know, but you you just you had to trust your eyes. Like whenever I was, you know, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, you had to trust your eyes. You know, you had to pay attention to how the pitcher was pitching. You know, guys like you or guys before you, um, and you know, you still do that in the big leagues. But you have a video room in the big in like up here where yeah. all these you know thirty different camera angles where you can go and see what you know that pitcher's got. Or even, you know, keen in on what you're doing. You know, if you fill off, you can do that. So I, I think, you know, utilizing the technology nowadays is, is yeah. really helpful to, you know, stay in a student of the game and really understanding. But it's it's also, you know, as a Cardinal in spring training, they were great because they always brought the, you know, the Hall of Famers back yeah. down. Like Gibby, Lou Brock, um, Whitey, Red, 
all those guys would come down to spring training and, and you, you'd be crazy not as a young player to not get around those guys and just pick their brain. And like that, a Kendo always used to tell us, um, you know, go, you know, when Ozzy's down here, go talk to him, uh, you know, go pick Whitey's brain about how he would manage in this situation or, you know, what he sees, um, you know, as a hitter, I, I would talk to Gibby on like how he would approach trying to get me out and like having those hmm. conversations with some one of the studs, best, yeah. like you'd be crazy not to, you know, utilize that time that they're down there, you know, for six, seven days to, yeah. to not learn about the game. And it's just, you know, taking opportunities like that and, and, and not passing them up. And that's probably pretty unique, isn't it? I mean, the, to what the Cardinals do, is that different than compared to the other teams? Because we always hear, you know, best fans in baseball, right? And then uh, you've, you've played for the Nationals, you played for the Rockies and the Braves and, and had a lot of success there. But is, is it true for those Cardinal fans? Yeah, I would, I would say it's different. This, is, this is definitely I want baseball heaven. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And, uh, you know, whether it's a Friday night game against the Cubs or yeah. a, a Wednesday day game against, you know, not a rival. Right. That stadium is packed. And every fan that is in that stadium is into every pitch. <laughs> Even if a visiting player makes a great play or, or gets a big knot, like they're they're lightly clapping because they're they're fans of the game. Yeah. And it was it's just awesome. Like to be able to have that experience in my debut to like come back, like I, I debuted in Dodger stadium. So when I got back and was able to epic place to have a debut, right. <laughs> Sunday night baseball, oh. like on ESPN, yeah. I was like, hey, this, this is, is awesome. This is pretty crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but to be able to put that home Jersey on with the birds on the bat and, yeah. and, and walk out that tunnel and come on the field to a pack, you know, 45, 50,000, you know, fans just this, this sea of red. It, it really is a sea of red because you come out there and it, that place is packed yeah. and they're loud and they're into the game. And it's like, you can feel it, right? You can yeah, feel it vibrating you and you're the, in the dugout the energy, of the locker room. Like that's, that's what us players, that's what we, we've like, we live for. Yeah. Like we live for that energy. Like we, we build off that energy and like, I've been fortunate enough. Like the nationals had great fans. The Braves had, you know, yeah. great fans and, probably even more now after coming off winning the world series yeah. last year but you know nothing really beats baseball in in st louis mm, i love to hear you say that man so i remember i was at this game you're gonna remember this uh we're down two nothing game four 2014 lds i can see the smile on your face you already know where i'm going right uh tell us i'm gonna say it but i'll let you say who, who's on the mound Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw yeah. is on the mound. And walk us through that at bat, man, because I will say, I, I mean, I moved to St. Louis in 2001. And so from 2001 and, you know, well, I mean, until now, even, I mean, what an epic run. But that first 10 years, 12, I guess 15 years that we were here in St. Louis, my wife and I was incredible. I remember talking to my dad and my mom and like, this may never happen again, like in our lifetime, right? And but but here you are, 2014. Again, we're down two nothing. One of the best pitchers in our time, right? Clayton Kershaw's oh, yeah. up. You come up. What happens? <laughs> I want to say it was a, a one-two count. Sounds uh, right. Yep. In the bottom of the seventh, we're down two nothing. Two runners on. I want to say it was per, uh, Johnny Peralta and Holiday that were on first and second, and. He threw that curveball, and I saw it pop out of his hand, and I was like, oh, this is going to be a good one to, 
So let me let me stop you. So you're right here, Clayton. I guess he's lefty, so he's here, right? Clayton Kershaw. You yep. see this thing come out of his hand. You know it's a curveball before he even releases it. Yeah, it like wow. I'm I'm a really good. I like to hit uh, breaking balls that are are strikes. Yeah, I, I think it's one of my my strengths. And I saw that thing pop out of his hand, and I knew that it was going to be in the strike zone. So I just had to wait for it to get to the right spot. You had to wait all, all about my, one second. Right. <laughs> I had to wait for a second. For me, it seemed like a yeah, lifetime. Right. I was like, okay, yeah. come on. It's such a good pitch. Yeah. Like, just get here. Um, my eyes lit up, and then I, I, you know, I swung and made contact and felt you. For people that have never hit a baseball, like when you hit a ball on the yeah. barrel and – like you, you know don't it. feel anything down into your hands. You just you know that you hit Oof. it good. And I finished my swing and looked up and saw that it like it had the height to go out. And you know the the famous thing with oh, me yeah. putting my arms up and I think you did a little twirl maybe yeah, right <laughs> at, at home plate. And then like once it probably got three quarters of the way to the, like to the fence, I saw Matt Kim like he was like running back hard after it, and I'm like. Oh boy! Oh shoot! I better like take off because this may not get out. <laughs> it's like this will be embarrassing. Uh, yeah, I started running and then like he jumped up and like saw like I saw the slow mo replay and like it barely like got over his glove, and I saw it hit the the bullpen uh, floor and bounce up and that's whenever I I did the the leap up in yeah. the air and looked into the dugout and was just super excited uh. and uh, I tell everybody it, it round they, they always ask what was like did you but what was it like rounding the bases after, like, you knew that it was a home run? I tell everybody, I don't think I – I don't remember feeling the ground right, running just, around the bases. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, no, and then, like, making that turn at, at third base and, you know, seeing all the fans up on their feet going crazy, seeing my teammates at, at home plate that just scored and uh, just waiting to celebrate with everybody in the dugout. And – celebrated and then realized that hey we still got two more innings <laughs> left that we you know we got a good team yeah. over across that that field that, that we have to you know shut out for the next two innings and and go to work so i had to i had to go down into the batting cages and lay down and like take a take a couple deep breaths and right? like calm myself down to to be able to go out there and you know finish those last two innings wow. and be where I needed to be for my teammates. Yeah, well, that's cool, man. That's that's the stuff you know. We don't know that kind of stuff, right? You just you, you go in there, and I can't imagine the heartbeat. I mean, I know what it was like as a fan in there. That place was rocking. Oh yeah, I mean, it was rocking. Yeah. Like, and, and that's like how, like you said, like you go back and like you and your boys watch yeah. the um, game six. Yeah, uh, Homer. That I go back and watch that Homer. Like any time, like during the season where I feel like I'm a little off or, you know, yeah. feel like my confidence, like if I didn't have a great game, you know, once I get home, I'll flip that Fired on. up YouTube and <laughs> yeah, pull that video up. And like, just, it just, it puts me back in that moment. I can feel what I felt at that time, yeah. you know, the chills, the confidence, the, the excitement. Um, and then I'm able to, to, you know, to go to bed on a good note and wake mm -hmm. up the next day and have my mind where it needs to be to go into work and have a little swagger. Yeah, exactly. So, so walk us through that, whether it's that at bat, I mean, you've had obviously a lot of home runs um, and, and not just home runs, right? Singles, doubles, all the things that you've done. What, what's the mindset for you when you go up there, whether it's Clayton Kershaw or just some random pitcher, I mean, what's your mindset, your preparation? What do you do mentally? And again, I, I look at that from a lens of no different than an advisor here or, or an attorney or an accountant walking into that meeting with the client, right? There's a mindset you go into, right? right? And so talk to us about that. So the mindset for me um, 
you know, facing facing whether it's a starting pitcher, a re- relief pitcher, or like you know the best guys in the game, the closers. Yeah. It's knowing that you know I can beat you. I'm gonna beat you. This at bat, you're not gonna get me. I'm gonna yeah. get you. And it starts with that kind of like confidence, swagger, knowing that you know today it's my day. It's not your day. It's my day. But then taking that mindset and and doing your homework beforehand. Whether if if I'm starting because like where I've been mostly in my career, I've been like a backup for for like a stud at first base. So if I if it's a day that I'm starting that night, that previous night, I watch video on that start on the starting pitcher, knowing like what his tendencies are, you know, if he likes his curveball in this counter, um, you know, just study him a little bit and then come into come into the field see if that's the game plan that he's going to use against me that day and then if not you got to make an adjustment yeah. based on what he's doing um but if i'm coming off the bench then i'm following the way the game's going and who they got up in the in the bullpen who i may face and are you and thinking I, about that during the whole game so let's say you may not go into the eighth inning you're like all seven innings before that you're thinking who's yeah. pitching what are they doing what, what they've been doing on three yeah. and two or whatever i like yeah. that's that's the way i like to be i like to just you know, fully, it helps me stay engaged with the game. Yeah. It helps me learn and it, it helps me not to get distracted. Um, so I take that mindset, take that, you know, all the information that I gather, whether it's a starting pitcher or a relief pitcher, and then I, I go in and I try to execute my plan to the best that I can. Yep. And I think that coupled with that mindset, that kind of helps me lock in and, and be confident and comfortable with that's my approach that's that whenever i'm doing that and i can get my swing off and i swing at strikes i'm in a good place yeah what what was um the nights where because we all have this right you have a bad day at work you have a bad day at the baseball diamond uh you go over four let's say i'm sure that's happened you know times in, in your career times. plenty of times <laughs> in, in your career right um but but walk us through that I, i've heard lots of people say you gotta have a short-term memory and, and i agree with that again in business we gotta have a short-term memory so what right. was it for you that if you had to go home you're getting home at you know whatever 11 30 at night and you got a day game tomorrow what's matt adams doing on that night when he goes over four to be ready for tomorrow I, I touch I, like I'll I'll pull up you know some of my my positive highlights. Yep. Uh, you know my wife now who was my trainer that helped me lose all the weight, like kind of like mental coach. She's a good one that w- if she's not in town with me, I'm picking up the phone, calling her, okay. and just kind of she knows what to say. She lets me vent, get out what I need to get out. She hears it, and then she's able to kind of calm me down, bring me back down to reality and give me, you know, whether it's a 10, five minute, 10 minute meditation to where it's like calming breath work, visualization and how I want to be that next day. And like doing that, like that was a big, big turnaround in, in like my mindset, my mental approach to the game was starting to meditate, starting to like breath work, not only at nighttime, like I'll do it before the game, like when I'm sitting in my locker, but like when I have a bad game, that's that's my go-to. Yeah, like, I think it's amazing, man, how many people, um, whether it's an Olympic athlete or a, a major league baseball player, just all these people that I get the, the blessing and the gift to talk to during this podcast, but how much meditation comes up. 
I mean, people that hear this are, are seeing, I, I meditate personally and it's huge. I mean, it's been a game changer for me. And, and so walk us through that. Are you doing that through just because you've done it enough now, you just know you can kind of sit in your locker and kind of zone out and do it? Or you, do you listen to like Headspace or Calm or an app like that? So I, before, before I met my wife, which I met her in 2016, she was working for the Cardinals. She came down to spring training as like a Pilates instructor. And before I had the conversation with her about the whole like mindset approach, mental stuff, if somebody would have told me to like meditate, I would have been like, I'm going to beat you up. You are crazy. <laughs> right. I'm yeah. not doing that shit. Right. Um, but honestly, it's been like the biggest game changer, like in for, for me personally, on and off the field yeah. like and it's just i i've used headspace i've used calm but she, my wife's also written up like scripts okay and um where it's like her voice and there's like calming music in the background so oh it's that's like, awesome it's like guy i do a lot of i i'm way better with like guided meditation yeah me and too like just putting my headphones in quietness or like that I'm like you over know, here like thinking about 900 other things. Like, yeah, then like my mind goes crazy. So yeah. like I got to have, whether it's using those apps that you touched upon or using the, the guided scripts that, that my wife has come up with, that, that's what I got to be. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to have her on the podcast, man. She'll have to train us on uh, on meditation for sure. It's uh, it's it's huge. So, um, I want to go back a little bit back to when you're in the minor leagues. I saw something, a video, maybe or an interview you had. But w when you when you get the call, right? I think you were playing the minors. They pulled you out of the game, if I'm not mistaken, yep. and told you you're you're moving up to the big leagues, right? So, yeah. what was that like, man? That feeling and that emotion of man, here I go, and then calling mom and dad. Yeah, so we were in Vegas. Night game, I want to say it was like the fourth inning, and I crushed it. Like, I hit a ball off the wall, so I hit a double, scored a guy, and then I ended up scoring, but the guy ended up getting thrown out at second base <laughs> on the throw home. The catcher threw him out, whatever. And I'm walking back to the dugout, and I get my, my glove, my hat to go out to warm the guys up for the bottom of the fourth. And, like, I get halfway. I'm, like, right behind the pitcher's mound. Already out on the field, and my manager is screaming my name like, to come back. I'm, like. Which is not normal to come out no, in the fourth inning. I'm, correct? like, did I, like, did I do something <laughs> wrong? Like, did I run through a stop sign? Or, right. like, did, did I piss somebody off? And, I, like, I got, like, I crossed the, the line. And then, like, that, that was whenever it, like, hit me. I was, like, oh, oh shoot. Yeah. Like, I'm. I feel like I either got traded, <laughs> I got released. Did it be really good or really or, bad? Yeah. Or I'm going, I'm going up to the big club, and I get in like to the dugout and stand face to face with Pop, who's the third base coach for yeah. the Cardinals. He goes, "Hey man, uh, you might want to go pack your bags." And I'm like, oh, "Same that same like feeling." Well, I'm either going, yeah. Because I know they're in L.A. I'm either going to L.A. with the Cardinals or I'm going some other city with another team. He goes, you're going to L.A. to, um, you know, Berkman just got hurt, so you're getting called up. And I was like. Gives me I, chills, I man. I was speechless. Like, I, I gave him a hug. Like, I didn't know what to do, so I, I gave him a hug. I was so <laughs> excited. Um, and he's like, I was like, do you want me to go back out the first? He goes, no, you're out of, like, you're out of the game. You're go down. pack your bags. You're going to, you're going to L.A. 
So went in there, started packing my bags, and like I, I called my mom and dad, and they're like, "Is everything okay?" They said you came out of the game. I said, "I am out of the game, but I'm. It's all good. I'm going to to L.A. to make my debut tomorrow." Mm. And like they like, like making that phone call, like and like hearing like how proud, like I mean, my mom and dad, like they're emotional people. Like they started crying. Yeah, and like then I start like I'm yeah. emotional too. So like I started crying and then. Like it didn't really hit till like I was on a five a.m. flight the next morning to to L.A. that I was like that it really sunk in and. But you got to think, man, all the years, right? The driving you to practice, the this, the that. I mean, for them and for you, but just the emotions have got to be unbelievable. Oh yeah, and they like my mom's like, she's very like religious person, and to this day she still apologizes for not they weren't able to make because. And being in central Pennsylvania, like on that short notice, they weren't able to make, right. uh, get a flight to LA for, for my debut. So they till this, like to this day, like she still apologizes for that, but like they, they were able to come like be for like here for my home opener. Okay. So like, that was, that was awesome. Yeah. But like, just like you said, like all the sacrifice, all the things that they gave up for me to be able to do what I love to do to even as a little kid, like whenever they probably thought it was crazy. Yeah. Hey, Matt wants to be a major league baseball player. Well, you know, we're, we're going to take him to this tournament. We're going to take him all over so he, you know, can do it. And like, I'm just so grateful that, that, you know, I had the mom yeah. and dad that I have. I think even as a, you know, as a parent of four boys, I mean, if, you know, your kids say that you wonder, I don't know, man. Like, like how they felt. Like, is this? You know, okay, we'll take Matt to this tournament. But you wonder, are they sitting behind closed doors and being like, "Man, Major League Baseball, that, that's a big stretch." Right. But, but yet they supported you, and I think that's what matters, right? Who you said it earlier. Who we surround ourselves with matters. Oh yeah. Right? Personally, professionally, everything it matters, man. And that culture is so big, and I think it's your upbringing in that. But and you mentioned your mom's faith, but I know you're a man of faith as well. So what what role has your faith played for you? Uh, in your career and, and even personally. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I wouldn't be here where I am today with, without Jesus Christ. Yep. And, you know, he blessed me with this platform and, you know, the skill set. I, obviously, I work at that skill set, but he blessed me with a talent that I was able to build upon that if he didn't do that, I wouldn't be able to be on this platform, being a Major League Baseball player, being able to share what I've, what I've done, what I know, what, what I feel like would help out the, the public. Um, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful that, that I know him and, uh, I have a relationship with him. And, yeah. uh, there was a time in my life where, you know, I'm got married probably way too young. Uh, and it only lasted seven months. And when we got divorced, I was like, down like not in a good place and like i was it was 2015 so like i'm like major league baseball player on the outside everybody's like oh you're living the life you're living the life but behind closed doors i was a wreck Mm. going through this journey alone mom and dad so far away from me friend my friend group was all back home and i believe that god put my wife today in my path in 2016 to save at the time I didn't know she was going to be my wife. Yeah. But he put her in my life and she completely changed my life around. And I am extremely grateful for that because I would not be the man that I am today 
without the help of her. Mm. And, and that's, that is, that's God's blessing right there. That's very powerful. Thanks for sharing that and, and being transparent with that stuff. And, and I've heard you say that in some interviews before too. And, and so you, you said earlier she showed up as the Pilates instructor at camp and then, you know, turns into your wife, but that doesn't just happen. So, no. so, but you went through a major transformation, right? And how much weight did you lose? I lost, uh, damn near 40 pounds. Yeah. I, was, so, I think like 38 pounds it was. Yeah. And like, I want to say like 17 or 18% body fat. Like I was, I was overweight. I was a big, big guy and just had a lot of tweaky injuries that like, you know, guys that were in shape, yeah. you know, they're not having. And um, you know, she, uh, we were, I was walking off the, the backfields with Greg Garcia and Colton Wong the one day and this chick pulls up in this convertible Corvette and I'm like, who the hell is this pulling into our parking lot? And uh, we walk in, we change, and like uh, Pete Prinzi, our strength coach, comes in and was like, "Hey, we have, uh, we're trying out, might bring a Pilates instructor on board. Like, would you guys be interested in going through like a trial class?" And we were like, "Yeah." yeah. So there was like six or seven of us that like did the class, and I would like after that class, I was like, "Damn, I feel taller. I'm like my body feels like free." Like my muscles weren't sore. Like after just completing like a, a day's work on the backfields, um, I felt great, and I was like, I need to start doing this. So like I like I approached her, started talking to her, and like she told me, she's like, you're gonna like if you want to like be healthier and you want to prolong your career, you're gonna have to make some changes. Mm. And I knew that, yeah. But I just I was needed somebody to tell you. I needed somebody to like kind of help me through that process. So we developed a relationship, and I normally in the off seasons I would go back home to um, my hometown, but that off season in sixteen I I made the decision to stay here. I you know I had her do everything. She made my meals for me. Um, she wrote my workouts. She, you know, I would go into her Pilates studio. She would put me through Pilates workouts. She would write the conditioning workout. Like she just did absolutely everything. Wow. And then on top of that that's when we like I kind of like got my feet wet with the the mindset stuff and I was like this is like this is like the total package yeah. I tell her all the time I'm like I was telling everybody this is like this is like what training like a professional athlete feels like <laughs> even <laughs> so, though I was one I know right. yeah and uh so like just developed a really really good friendship with her mm -hmm. and um you know she knew that I went through divorce she kind of helped me get out the demons that I needed to get out um, about like my past with that. And then she ended up going through a divorce and like I was able to help her through that and just kind of like we kind of came together yeah. naturally. And um, we tell everybody that we were best friends first and then, you know, that's cool. That's husband really and cool. wife after and like that that's been the best thing was you know being able to marry your best friend yeah well and, and some people hate him but you know I, I personally like him tom brady i mean you think about what that guy's done man it's all kind of in this same realm of stuff you're talking about isn't it right yeah uh have you watched the the show man on, in the arena yeah yeah that w it's we, amazing we've been we binge watched that and it's like it like that show gave me chills because like i'm like this guy was not supposed to have anything yeah to what he has now and the success the all the rings yeah all the people's lives that he's impacted and i was like that's the kind of impact i want to have yeah and it, it just makes you 
makes you want to be a good human and it makes you want to put the work in, whether it's in athletics, whether it's in business, whether it's in your personal life, putting the work in and like seeing it through is the greatest thing that anybody could experience. So you, uh, you probably can see on this microphone right here, this F greater than P. And so um, when you hear, so our, our mission for our firm, my personal mission as well is to help people achieve a future greater than their past. Okay. I was talking to Daniel Descalso with this uh, a few weeks ago and, and it kind of dawned on me is, well, to say that may think that you had a bad past. Well, you haven't had a bad past, right? You've had a, you've had a great past and, but we all want the future to still be better than the past. Right? right. So when you hear that, what comes to mind for you future greater than your past? I would have to say being a better man than I was yesterday. And like I said, being a better husband, being a a better son, being a better brother, being a better father figure for for my two stepkids. That's what I think about whenever I think about that. I want to be better than I was yesterday. And then even build on that to be the best man that I possibly can be. And how do you do that? So when you think about your time right now, what are you doing to, to do that day after day? Being in the word with, with my faith, Yeah, you know, studying that, leaning on him whenever I feel like times are tough, but also having an open line of communication between my wife and I to where she knows what I got going on. I know what she's got going on and then we can be the best for our family and our close group of friends. And, I may have not answered that the great the no, greatest just, way, but I like for me it's I I'm the I'm the type of guy that I want to put everybody else first. I come last, yep. and whenever I can do that, when when I can operate both on and off the field as a man of faith that wants to serve others, that's that's who I want. Yeah, that's what I want my legacy. To be. And I would say just to confirm, not that you need my uh, stamp of approval, but I think what I, what I've liked about you and, and, and watched from afar um, is I believe that, right. And cause not all professional athletes are that way. When you right. say others are first, the stereotype could be on some athletes, right. That it's them first. And then everybody else kind of falls in line. Yeah. Right. So I think just to confirm that, man, I think that you do do a good job of that from what I see. And I think that's important. So again, that communication at home, is key communication at work at the baseball field whatever it is we all know this they're listening to this but that communication man to be overly transparent and vulnerable i think is huge yeah i appreciate that 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 means a lot that what i'm saying is what people are saying yeah and i mean don't get me wrong there's times like where like in the business that i'm in as a as a baseball player you got to be a little bit selfish yeah but you know the times that you have to do that and the times when not and the majority of the time it's how can I be the best teammate that I can be today how can I be coachable today for my how can I be respectful for others around me to where I'm not bringing anybody else down yep. to, to make this team worse and like that's the way that I operate and that's why I want to operate moving forward whether you know however long my career lasts even whenever I'm done retired, that's still the way that I want to operate as a, as a human being off the field. Yep. So what would you tell yourself now if you could go back and cause you're 30, 33. 33 years old. So if you could tell the 25 year old Matt Adams, some, some advice, give some advice to that young man. What are you, you going to tell him? Don't got, don't get caught up in the lifestyle. <laughs> um, cause I mean, back 25, I was 
you know, I was not in shape. I was heavy. I was, you know, I, I took things for granted yeah. and I would like, I, I still shoot myself in the foot today thinking that if I would have known what I like the way I feel now and what I know about taking care of my body, if I would have known that whenever I was 22, 23, what would my career have looked like? Yeah. But I don't, I don't like to, you know, play the what ifs or live with regrets. Like that all, I all, I went through that because it, like God wanted me to learn a lesson yep. and I learned that lesson. But now like I tell everybody, they're like, oh, you're 33. You're getting close to being done. I tell people, no, I still feel like I got a lot left in the time. Yeah. I feel like since that transformation in 2000, like go, from 2016 going into 2017, I may be 33, but I feel like I'm 26. Yeah. Like my body feels great. I feel like I'm ready to go. I got more energy. I'm recovering better. Um, it would, That was just probably the best decision I've ever made in my life was to, to really, you know, hunker down and you know put the work in like it was those three months like i lost all that weight and body fat in three months and it it was crazy but it was a lot of two-a-day workouts you know waking up early in the morning doing a workout making sure my nutrition was on point no cheap meals no alcohol none of that stuff and um like it's it's been well it was known too because you guys are on tv all the time but then when you're not on tv for two or three months and then you come back people are like holy smokes look at matt adams man this guy's a beast and it was crazy because uh you know going into the the cardinal caravan that year like i didn't i got to the point where i didn't have to go on the you know the bus trips around the midwest i only had to go into you know downtown to do like the the signings and whatnot so you know you've made it and <laughs> right and i walked in there and like every like everybody's heads turned and like i i got to the media session and they're like who are you again yeah <laughs> like who just jumping the hell around is that and guy? like and and they were like well big city just went like from big city to slim city and I'm like, okay now i <laughs> yeah. know that okay it's people are noticing like the hard work's paid off but like and they're like, oh, like, now that you made this transformation, you've done it. And I said, no, 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 it's not that easy. Like, I did it, but now I got to work hard, yeah. just as hard, if not harder, to maintain to keep it, it yeah. and, and make the right decisions to, you know, stay on point with, with all the hard work. So how did Big City come about, man? Obviously, you're, you know, you're a tall, big guy, but uh, is that how, or how did it really no, take off? We, uh, we were in spring training the one year, and Lance Berkman came up to me, and which one of, probably one of the best teammates I've ever had. And he put his arm around me, and he goes, I'm tired of uh, big country boys uh, getting nicknamed Big Country, so we're going we're gonna to call you Big City. And I don't know <laughs> if it was like – because like he like kind of had an understanding of where I came from, like out in the middle of nowhere. Right. So it was like kind of like a like an inside joke kind of. But I like he gave it to me, and then like when he left, Freeze kind of kept it rolling, and it just kind of stuck. And I'm like, thankfully it did because I yeah, like, it's I love the nickname. Big oh, it's city. phenomenal! You got it up there on the TV screen for those that are watching it, man. You got a cool little uh, logo there, Big City. Uh, man, that's amazing. So, um, when you, when you look at back at your career so far, cause obviously we got a lot of baseball left for you. What, what's, what's some of the best baseball memories you have? I know we talked about the 14 home run, but what are some other things uh, that come to mind? Um, going through that playoff run in 13. Mm. Uh, I mean, that was my fir- like first full season 
as yeah. as a cardinal in like my rookie year and like I'm um, I'm starting like it was unfortunate what happened to to Alan Craig with his yeah. foot and and whatnot. But to be like thrown in there and like start like the end of August all the way through like the end of the season and then start like all those playoff games and I'm standing at first base in Fenway Park of the World Series as a rookie and I'm like Whoa. big poppies at the plate. I'm like this is unbelievable. <laughs> like a guy that I grew up watching, like just crush baseballs, and now like I'm on the same field yeah. as him playing in the World Series as a rookie. Like that was like, pinch yourself moment. That's that that was definitely one of the best moments of my career. Yeah. And then the following year, having the home run off Kershaw, and then honestly, I tell her like getting like I hated getting traded because I like I just hated change yeah. whenever I got traded to the Braves. But I had Mott who was with the Braves, like I had a familiar face yeah. over there that I knew. Um, but getting to know a, like another group of guys and like being able to go out there and go to battle with those guys. That was a great moment in my yep. career too, because it, that kind of changed me as a person as well. Like it allowed me to accept change and like understand that change isn't always that bad. Yeah. And I was able to go out there and have fun with a new group of, of baseball players. And that, that was fun. And then winning the world series in 2019 was, I mean, that's what all baseball players, that's yeah. what you dream about as a kid, like in backyard, the backyard man. like, Game seven, bottom of the ninth, bases loaded, two outs. Like, you going to come through or not? And to be able to run on that field when out three was recorded and, and celebrate as world champions, like, I got the chills right now just mm. thinking about it. But that we actually, we got a, we had a replica trophy made for our house. We had oh, that's our, cool. Our bookshelf uh, at home. And, like, walking by that every day yeah. kind of just reminds me that, hey, like, I'm a world champion. Like, it's it's a good feeling. That's badass, man. That's badass. So last few questions. I saw on Instagram, you opened, uh, I can't remember how long ago this was, but you opened this lifetime pass, like this gold pass, right? So what's that mean? I, I wasn't familiar with that, but uh, what's what's that look like? So uh, I believe it's um, when you make it to eight years of service time, Okay. you get this like gold plated card. It says lifetime, like yeah. major league baseball lifetime pass, and you get to take you and a guest you get two free tickets anywhere. Oh, wow. Just in the right... Like, so if you just not, happen to be in whatever, yeah, Cincinnati like if or if you're in playing, LA. Yeah, if, if I'm done playing and like my wife and I are on vacation in yeah. California, there's like a Dodger game in the, in the regular season. We, we show up and, you know, you may be up in the nosebleeds, yeah. but you're in the stadium watching yeah. a baseball game. Like, yeah. it's, it's, just, it's awesome. And, that is cool. Uh, to be able, like, that was like, that's a thing where I was like, okay, like that's... I want to make it to eight years. I want to get that lifetime pass because that's something that nobody can ever take away from me. No. And now, like, obviously, like, the 10-year mark is, like, what guys want to get to, like, with full pension yeah. and all, like, all the benefits and whatnot. And I got, like, a year and a half left to, to reach that mark. That's my next goal. And um, But the lifetime pass was cool, like, being able to, like, open that up. And uh, my wife's always – she – we – started tiktok not too long ago we, <laughs> we ended up biting the bullet and getting on that yeah part of social media and um it's been a lot of fun like she she videotaped me opening yeah. it up and like making a cool little video of it but it was like my my two kids like they they're like yeah whatever like yeah. okay so what you played eight years in the like but it's they they just don't get it yet and it's but they it's, will 
They will. And it's, it's a lot of fun to be able to like share the, like have people in your life that you, you enjoy sharing those yeah. moments with. That's awesome, man. So what's, what's a day in the life of Matt Adams like today? So obviously there's a lockout. We can't go play baseball. We can't go to spring training. So what's a day like today? Uh, so typical day, wake up, you know, early breakfast. We, my wife and I started the, the cold plunge challenge. Oh yeah. So we, uh, <laughs> We have a, a big bathtub. We we feel first thing in the morning, six forty five, we set our alarms, we wake up, we we do the cold plunge. I think I'm up to three minutes. Wow. She's up to It's brutal. She's isn't a it? trooper. Yeah, she's a trooper though. She she hates being cold, but she's up to like close to I think a minute forty five she did today. So we're we're like doing that challenge. So that's part of the the. Um, so let me stop you there for a good rest of the day. So uh, I did a Wim Hof class for a month back in October. Yeah, you familiar with Wim no, Hof? What is that? You got to look up Wim Hof, man. If you're doing the ice challenge thing, he's basically the creator of of cold, okay. of what this does to our bodies and all this stuff. It's amazing. We can talk offline about it, but um, talk to our listeners. Like, what what do you get from that? I mean, you're literally in whatever degree temperature you're in. I don't know what you're starting yeah, at I now. Think, uh, I think we're... But she she measured the temperature the other day, and I think it was 42 degrees. Yeah, which is brutal. Yeah. Like, and like, it's like get you your out of breath. Toe, yeah, yeah. And it, it's, a, it's a super shock to, like, your system when you, like, initially get in. And, like... The benefits you get from it, I like. I feel like you like your moods better, yep. like your energy levels are better. I feel like my body is not a sore like going through like my workouts yep. daily. Body recovers better. Uh, your appetite, like I've noticed the difference in like my appetite. Like mm. uh, I crave the food, the foods that I know I should be eating, more so than like the junk. Wow. And I don't know if that's like just my mind right. telling me that, or and that's fine if it is, is that, <laughs> yeah. right. Um, but the biggest thing that I learned from it was like when I first got in there, I started freaking out cause it was so yeah. cold and I could feel like everything tighten up and because I was breathing so fast and like my wife was like, Hey, like slow your breathing down, breathe through your neck, like in through your nose, out through your nose and like getting control of your breath kind of yeah, like heart rate. It, it took my mind off of how cold the water was like, and by focusing on the breath, I was like able to like relax, like my shoulders dropped. Every, like I was able to relax everything, and I was like, "This is, yeah, this is crazy stuff." But it's, 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 I'm it's insane. Yeah, I'm not very I'm good at it, man. I do it, it. and uh, but I've done it with my boys too. It's fun. But so you do your deal, you have your um, your breakfast, all yeah, that stuff, and then, uh, then it's you know getting the workout in, yeah. making sure like because I'm the type of guy if I like if I don't get the workout in like in the morning, then yeah. like the day gets away from me and. And then I'm I'm scrambling to try to get it in yeah. at seven thirty eight o'clock at night, and that's not ideal. So, making sure um, you know we we come up the night before, write a workout so I know I have it on hand, what I'm doing that day, uh, knock the workout out, have lunch, a little break, and then uh, get my baseball stuff in. Yep. So it's you know two days if if you want to consider that with you know the gym part of it and then the the baseball workout as well and then um did you get to keep your coach when you got married yeah <laughs> she uh um we she's joked, all in man she's all in <laughs> yeah. but she she joked about it once we got married she's like i do not want to be your coach 24 7 like yeah. i want to be your I'll wife be your wife i yeah. want i want like there's a time and place for work but i want to be able to enjoy life with you outside of being client and coach so we we do a good job of of making sure that like we sit down and like kind of go through like what the day should look like 
yeah. for workouts for me, food. She likes to cook a lot, so she uh, will have like a menu for the week. She'll come up with the meals, and so we're prepared. That way we're not, you know, we don't end up arguing and, and whatnot because <laughs> we're, we're dipping our toes into being a coach-client yeah. relationship 24-7. So we, we do a good job of making sure we keep it. We have that finite period of time to be coach-client and then – the rest of the times being husband and wife. Awesome. So where do our listeners find more Matt Adams, man? You said TikTok. So yeah. yeah <laughs> TikTok, I believe the handle is Mr. and Mrs. Big City. It's a, it's a growth in progress, a work in progress. Uh, I'm not running it. My wife runs it. Uh, she just takes crazy videos of me and and her, and, and we, we keep it fun. Uh, but Instagram, it's uh, Big City for real. Same thing for Twitter and uh you know, come check me out. Well, I, I didn't know when I was going to pull this out here, but I, I think, you know, my selfish side of me is like, you know, we'll put that hat right there that we hope that maybe we can see you back in the Cardinal red and white, yes, man. That would be that awesome. Would, that would be totally now, awesome. Uh, now, hopefully the DH comes in. I know. Day. I mean, you got a pretty good one at first base, so yeah, not going to be seeing me out there at first <laughs> base with the Cardinals, but maybe. Uh, is maybe that for sure the DH happening? I mean, I don't. It's not like a hundred percent because okay. like the CBA is not yeah. agreed upon. But I think both sides want it. Yeah. Um, so I think it. I think it's good for the game. I think uh, it opens up fifteen more jobs for guys a year. Um, this is a big deal. It helps me out. Heck yeah! <laughs> but uh, it 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 opens up the chance of uh, you know being able to put the birds on the bat on on my chest yeah. again and, and be able to be a cardinal again. We would love that, man. It's been awesome having you. And, uh, man, just thanks so much for your time. I know you're a busy guy. I appreciate you coming on the Circuit of Success. No problem. I appreciate it. Tune in next week for another episode of the Circuit of Success with Brett Gilliland on the lineupmedia.fm podcast network. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and through our website, circuitofsuccess.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and email any questions to info at circuitofsuccess.com. This podcast was a presentation of lineupmedia.fm. 